This is exactly right. feel right the now. Mini-sode. That's right. We're trying to make the hello shorter, but it's not working. So that that's what happened just now. I mean, it they're now just by repetition, it feels like it has to have eight O's yeah. at the end of it. It's not a hello. It's a hello. Hello. It is borderline Mrs. Doubtfire. It is. It is. It, let's face it. Yeah. All right. Should I go first? Yes. Okay. This is called My Mom is a Hero. Bummer warning. Oh. hey to everyone with or without fur. I'm currently laid up in bed with nerve pain, and I've wanted to write in this story since back when it was just, quote, hometown murders. Mm. Remember? I actually didn't know this full story until I asked my mom at Thanksgiving a few years ago. Thankfully, my weird family was glad to talk about it. I grew up in a relatively safe West Coast city in the 90s. One of my favorite memories is playing with the kids across the street, two boys and one baby girl. My mom was best friends with their mom, we'll call her Jennifer, and even breastfed the middle boy when he was born around the same time as me because Jennifer was having trouble producing milk due to stress. That's close. Well, that's, and that used to be the way they did it. Like if you were rich enough, you never breastfed. You just hired some Irish lady who already had eight kids and had her do it. That's really, it's kind of creepy though. It's creepy to think about, but it is like, if that's com- if you're comfortable with that, that's like so generous of you, you know? It takes a village. It, it does. really does. It does. I remember going to their house a few times. It was dark and we were all sort of scared of their dad. We'll call him Peter. He didn't mm-hmm. speak much and the boys would get quiet when he came in the room. Usually the kids came to our house and we played here. One day, my mom and Jennifer had plans to go to an AA meeting and my dad was going to watch us kids while they were out. My mom noticed Jennifer was late, which was not like her. She tried calling a few times and was about to walk across the street to get her when she heard a knock at the door. She opened it to find Peter. He gave my mom the baby while the other two kids ran excitedly into the house to find me. Then he said, I killed Jennifer. I already called the cops. They're on their way. Oh my God. Then casually walked back across the street. Oh my God. I'm sure, as you guessed, Peter had been abusing his wife. With my mom's help, she was making plans to leave him. He selfishly cut her life short as the kids watched TV downstairs. Thankfully, they heard and saw nothing. During the trial, they slandered her name because she was in AA and found other reasons to blame her. He claimed PTSD from being in the military. My mom was, of course, called to testify. She came into the courtroom and placed a big blown-up photo of Jennifer in front of the jury, staring down Peter the entire time she testified about his abuse and her character. Peter only got 10 years, and my mom believes he would have gotten off if it was not for her testimony. Mm -hmm. When he got out of prison years later, I asked my mom if she was scared, and she said, quote, he was a coward then, and I'm sure he's a coward now. That's right. This all happened when I was about five. I remember Jennifer, a great mom, an easygoing and soft-spoken woman. I'll end this on a high note that when I was 10, for my birthday, my parents took me out of school and as a surprise, we went and spent the day with the three kids. They were living with their grandparents at the base of a lovely local mountain. They were in homeschool and were able to have plenty of rabbits, cats, and a dog that they gladly showed off to me. A big regret is not keeping up with them, but we moved a bit after this. Sorry for such a long email. I just couldn't leave out any details. 
If you're in an abusive relationship, reach out to friends and family. Remember, you don't owe your abuser any explanation and you don't have to tell them you're leaving. Always bring someone with you to get your things. Domestic Violence Hotline, 800-799-7233. I'll repeat it. 800-799-7233. Stay sexy and hug your mom today. She's probably seen some shit. Anonymous. Well, Anonymous, not only was that a perfect and exact hometown from the OG style, Mm -hmm. but you are so lucky to have been raised by a woman of that caliber. Absolutely. That is a a person who lived and is probably still living her life exactly how you're supposed to. Integrity. Lots of integrity. Integrity and kind of like standing up to these pseudo bullies who are truly cowards. She's right. Mm -hmm. It's like those men are cowards. Yeah. And they are, that's just unbelievable. Yeah. Crazy. And so sad. I'm I'm glad those kids had a place to go. They're really, uh, that's nice to hear. Yeah. Well, I'm going to switch it up and tell a sinkhole story. And (laughs) this one starts, hello to literally everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. A while back, y'all asked for single stories, and I finally have one. I'm currently a college student at a very well-known party school, ASU. (laughs) Uh, With that being said, we literally go out most nights. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) That's the second literally I'll keep count. On our Tuesday night, yes, Tuesday, like in the middle of the week, my friends and I decided to say, fuck our 8 a.m. class the next day, and Mm -hmm. we went to a frat. We pre-gamed a little too hard, and my I love this person. And my friend, we'll call her Jane, got blackout drunk. All was going swimmingly when at 12.30, apparently the frat's neighbors got annoyed and called the cops. And then in parentheses, it says, like, I'm sorry, it sucks that y'all want to study and we want to (laughs) party. Well, here's where the sinkhole comes in. We're cheap and we didn't want to pay for an Uber, so we decided to trek back a mile to our dorms. Some older girls didn't want us walking alone. God damn. Here we go. Yeah. Yep. Just fucking smart ladies repping all throughout this episode. Some older girls didn't want us walking alone, so they assigned us some quote-unquote security in the form of two drunk 5'8 frat guys. <laughs> hey, it doesn't. you don't have to be tall to kick no, ass. absolutely not. 15 minutes into our walk, Jane needed to pee. So she went behind a bush with our other friend we will call Alex, and all was well until the ground crumbled from underneath her and she ended up in a 10-foot sinkhole. What? (laughs) Oh, that poor thing. (laughs) Accepting her fate, she threw her arms up like it was a roller coaster and you said, we, on the way down. (laughs) (laughs) Drunk girls. (laughs) Drunk girls. All night long. Now, what do five underage college kids do when one ends up in a sinkhole? Well, of course, we don't call for help. We decide to pull her out ourselves. Yeah, of course. Sure. 30 minutes of struggling later, we finally get Jane out of the hole. All is good. We go and get pizza, and all is well. After some delicious drunk pizza, we all head back to our dorms and forget all about it. Until, of course, a video of her in the sinkhole <gasps> ends up all over social media. No, who did that? I am living vicariously through this email. Oh, I miss being 19 so hard. <laughs> Jane, who was blackout, had no idea it was her in the video and sent it to all of us laughing at the drunk girl who fell into the sinkhole. No, she didn't. Sorry, I didn't read this far down. I was just like, I got basically to them yeah, falling in the sinkhole. I was like, we're golden. Yeah. Oh my God. She sent the video herself, like, check out this girl. Look how and drunk it's her. this girl's. Oh my God. Uh, 
After we all hysterically explained to her that the drunk girl in the video was in fact her, Jane exclaims, in all caps, is this why I have cuts all over my legs? Indeed it is. Well, I guess that's the end of my college sinkhole story. Stay sexy and maybe don't get blackout on a Tuesday or you'll end up in a sinkhole. R. I want to know if she was still peeing when it happened. (laughs) That would be the worst. Right. Or her pants are down. Yeah. Who took video? Which one of those, like, traitors took video? There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com slash murder. And here's the important note, that promo code is all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level. That's shopify.com slash murder. Again, don't forget the code is all lowercase. Goodbye. Hey, Karen, you know that feeling when you're stressed out and your heart starts to pound and your mind is racing? I do. I know it well. Well, while there's no cure for stress, therapy can help shape your response to it. And since May is Mental Health Awareness Month, there's no better time to try Talkspace. When you sign up for Talkspace, you'll receive a personalized match with a therapist or psychologist, typically within 48 hours. Forbes rates Talkspace as the number one online therapy platform, plus their licensed professionals are in network with almost all major insurance companies. Once you meet your therapy goals, or if you want to cancel for any reason, Talkspace will provide you with a prorated refund for unused time. I feel like these days people understand the importance of therapy, but the difficult part is just taking that first step. It took me months to make my first therapy appointment. I was so scared. I had a lot of ideas in my head about it. And that's why I think Talkspace is such a good idea, because making it so approachable will just get you there sooner. Then you can actually get in there, figure out what you need, talk to an actual professional, and be on your way to solving some stuff that you might want to solve. To celebrate Mental Health Awareness Month and the power of talking it out in therapy, Talkspace is offering our listeners $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80. Go to Talkspace.com slash MFM and use promo code SPACE80. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com slash MFM and enter promo code SPACE80 and get $80 off your first month and show your support for our show. That's Talkspace.com slash MFM. Enter promo code space 80. Goodbye. All right. This one's called What's a Samurai Sword Doing in Wisconsin? (laughs) It's a good title. Hello, Karen, Georgia, family, pet members, and listeners. This is an OG style type of hometown. I live in Los Angeles now, but originally I'm from a very small town in Wisconsin called New London, population (laughs) 7,121. 
Wow. Everyone knows everything about everyone. Side note, we also have one of the largest St. Patrick's Day parades in the country and even renamed the town New Dublin for like a week. Oh. Growing up, I've always hated living in a small town because literally nothing exciting or new ever happened. So imagine my surprise when one day my dad and I were waiting for my mom in the car in the grocery store parking lot when he turned to me and pointed at the house behind us and said, see that house? I used to babysit in that house and as a kid and oh, and someone was murdered there. Remember Shorty? He killed a guy there. Oh, I realize that both my first stories are about murder. Um, Now let me go back a bit. Shorty was a friend of my dad's I had met several times as a kid when he would hang out with my dad and their group of friends. He was nicknamed that because obviously he was a short guy. (laughs) He was always relatively nice to me and didn't seem super creepy or weird in any way. But then again, I probably only saw him between the ages of four and six. So what did I know about judging someone's character back then? (laughs) True, fair. I also remember him missing a ring finger, but I'm not sure if that was just my child imagination or if he actually was missing a finger. Anyways, I don't know all the details because I heard this story years ago, but supposedly, the way my dad told it, one of the residents that moved into the house was an acquaintance of Shorty's. There had been an altercation over a girl Shorty had been seeing in this guy, and money might have been involved too. But long story short, no pun intended, Shorty had brought a samurai sword to the house with him, I guess because he already planned on confronting this guy, and stabbed him multiple times with the sword and fled the house. Oh, no. Police traced the crime back to him because, duh, that's a very specific and uncommon murder weapon, and he was sent to prison. I can only assume he got the samurai sword from one of the weapon shops in the mall in Appleton, Wisconsin. Anyone remember those? Just a shot for legit movie-style replica swords and knives in malls. I feel like I've seen those. Why was that a thing? From then on, I referred to that house as the murder house and would continue to tell my friends the story that my dad knew someone who murdered a guy in that house— Weird flex, younger me, but okay. Stay sexy and maybe don't fight over a girl samurai style. Kennedy, gay, non-binary, murderino. Kennedy, that's quite a story because, right, it's a traditional hometown yet again. Mm -hmm. But that is, you don't bring a samurai sword to something where you're like, I just need to talk this through. No. Right? Like, clearly that guy was going to do something bad. Yeah, premeditation, they could call it. Yeah, they're hard to carry around and yeah. stuff. I mean, what's anyone doing yeah, anymore? Truly. Okay. The subject line of this email is Haunted Hills of Mission Peak. Happy fall, my dudes. <laughs> <laughs> On Halloween 2015, me and the broskies were looking for something to do. We were too old to trick or treat, but too young to stay in, turn lights off, and ignore the kids knocking on the door while pretending to not be there. Finally, one of us came up with this great idea to go for a hike up Mission Peak at midnight, the high point of the Mission Hills in Fremont, California. And then in parentheses, it says, Karen probably knows. I know where Fremont is, but I've, I don't know about this hike. The hike up, although incredibly tough, was relatively uneventful. As we neared the top of the hill, about 2,500 foot in elevation, we realized that we were walking straight into the clouds. They were so thick that we couldn't see more than two feet in front of us and could only see the person standing directly next to each other. We got to the top, chilled for a minute, and then decided to head back down. As we're heading back down, a couple of my friends start freaking out because now we know there are mountain lions and rattlesnakes on Mission Peak. 
I felt I had no choice but to grab a couple rocks off the ground when they weren't looking and once in a while throw them 15 to 20 feet away, just close enough to where they could hear it and think it was a mountain (laughs) lion and not be able to see because of the clouds. He's dick. (laughs) Instantly, my 110-pound friend pulled out his tiny pocket knife and assured us that he would handle any threat around the corner, which is, hey, that's cool. No matter how much they weigh. I thought it was all fun and games until about halfway down the mountain, we walked directly into a large bull. And then in parentheses, it says, not sure what kind, ask Karen who once claimed to be a cow expert. Hey, shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) On the trail. uh, So they they run into a large bull on the trail. And it began to start kicking. Oh no, that can't be good. No. We took off running. Minutes later, we heard a meowing roar that we could only imagine was a mountain lion. Looking back, it may have been a bobcat. Nothing happened, but the creepiest part of the whole night was when we got about one mile from the end of the trail where the clouds had not fallen yet. There was a man sitting on top of a picnic table, his dog standing next to him, as he played the banjo in a creepy up-tempo tune and stared directly at us without missing a beat. At 3 a.m. No, no, on no, Halloween no. night. No, 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 no. Uh-huh. And then it just says, what the fuck? <laughs> You've never seen six teenage boys disappear as fast as we did. We got to the bottom and took a pack to never go up Mission Peak at midnight ever again. Mm-hmm. Anyway, enjoy the chill vibes that fall brings. <laughs> <laughs> Karen's got a crush. <laughs> I love this person so much. Enjoy the chill vibes that fall brings and make sure to keep warm like Steven's upper lip. Stay sexy and run from banjo playing maniacs, Ricky P. Ricky! We always <laughs> talked about how there's no cool Rickies anymore. Ricky used to be the cool name. I think Ricky P's bringing it back. Ricky P, yes. That idea though, all the other things that are like nature fears and nature scares, yeah. which are like normal where you, yeah, you don't want to be anywhere near a bull. They're just crazed. But a dude staring at you while he plays the banjo is yeah, like an up tempo, not even like like not no. slow. Up tempo banjo, nothing scarier. So scary. Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant, like perfectly scrambled eggs? Oh my God, yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could, as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient. Made In Cookware. Made In was created to bring restaurant-quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made In. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of Made In products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made in, made in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. 
Okay, this one's called How I Cheated Death, featuring a Ouija board and sleep paralysis demon. Lighthearted mm. somehow. <laughs> Hi, gang. Here's a random story that you would never ask for, but it gets me weird looks at parties, so I figured it belongs here. When I was in college, my friends and I thought Ouija boards were a fun way to spend a Friday night. Please know we've changed. We usually only asked vague questions and kept it light and not demony. But one night, we somehow ended up learning that I was supposed to die on February 7th, 2019. Wow. <laughs> Which was about three years away at the time. I'm thrilled to report I did not die on this day, but for a while, I actually believed I would. I would never hmm. want that information. You know what? Everyone's always like, if you could find out when you were going to die. Fuck no. 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 Hell no. And I don't want to no. fake Ouija board one either, because even though I'm not superstitious and don't believe it, I would be freaking out. That whole time, you yes. would be waiting to see if it was real. So if it's three years or eight years, yeah. or what, you're just sitting there going, Ugh, uh -uh. like not... I mean, the only benefit would be if you suddenly were like, well, then I am going to audition for that Broadway yeah. play, but I don't think it works that way. Well, I played it cool at first and, you know, spent less Friday nights with Ouija boards. Then about a month before the supposed dreaded date, I experienced oh. the most terrifying sleep paralysis of my life. I woke up in the middle of the night to see the little girl from the ring standing in the corner of my room, long mm -hmm. black hair covering her face. Mm -mm. She creeps over to me while I'm literally frozen in fear. She gets on top of me and I feel like I'm being crushed. Like I actually feel it. People who have experienced sleep paralysis before get it. And then, all caps, she sticks her finger into my belly button. <laughs> I agree. What the fuck? <laughs> but it's honestly the scariest thing that's ever happened to me in the moment. And I woke up convinced it was an omen for my upcoming death day. So I took off work. I prayed out loud to God to forgive me for bailing on Christianity. I told my friends the news. Some of them sent me eulogies. <laughs> I avoided eye contact with my Catholic grandmother. And when the day eventually arrived, me and my roommates stayed inside and watched comfort TV all day and snacked on only the safest snacks. And when midnight <laughs> rolled around, we counted down the seconds like it was New Year's Eve. And I cheated death. And it's yeah. now a holiday I celebrate annually by playing <laughs> it safe and avoiding any Final Destination movies. So far, so good. Stay sexy and cheat death, Devin, she, her. Yeah. Hell yeah, Devin. You did it. You did it. I love that being an anniversary. That's so fun. That's right. She survived. I think I've told you this, but I had a dream one time when I was in high school that I was standing under the Golden Gate Bridge. I've had a lot of Golden Gate Bridge-based dreams. Weird. And... It was, I was standing on the Marin side and looking into the water and then a seal came up and in a British accent, she goes, you're going to die when you're 32. <laughs> <laughs> what an asshole. <laughs> and then, so from then on, I just believe that was true. Like, it was just like, oh, you're what? going to uh, die. Clearly, if it's a British seal, it's going to happen. Sure, you're going to die when you're 32. Oh my You're God. You're going to die. When, really? Almost like it was good news. Like, yeah. don't worry. It's not going to be hard for very much longer. <laughs> Just like, maybe the way you were going, you were going to die when you were 32 and you like changed, you, tweaked a couple things. You know, what's funny is like, yeah, I almost died when I was 27. Yeah. <laughs> so scary. Don't play with Ouija boards. No. Okay. Here's my last one. It's fasty. Okay. So the subject line of this email is fear of dolls, the origin story. Hello, Karen, Georgia, and Steven, three exclamation points. I recently listened to Minisode 140 and you guys asked for Halloween stories slash something about trick-or-treating and I finally have something to write about. I'm either two years late or a month early. 
I'm going to go with early. (laughs) When I was four or five years old, my childhood best friend and I were trick-or-treating around my neighborhood while our parents drunkenly followed behind. Walking up to one of the houses, we were suddenly being yelled at by a man on the roof dressed as Chucky the doll, who then, all caps, jumped off the roof and started chasing us. No, a grown man. You're not supposed to do that. To a five-year-old? No. Nightmare. My best friend, Baby Spider-Man, and my princess self ran screaming and crying down the street while our parents were dying of laughter. And then a parenthesis, it says, yay, the 90s. I'm not sure that would fly these days. No, no, no it fucking it what You'd all be arrested. Yeah. It took me years to walk past that house again, and 20-something years later, I still won't watch those movies. Stay sexy and don't maybe don't traumatize children that are just trying to get some free candy. <laughs> then it signed Bryce, she, her. Oh, my God. <laughs> Just a classic Halloween story of trauma. Yeah. Classic Halloween chasing children story. Yeah. <sighs> um, hey, write us your spooky Halloween stories. No matter what time of year you're listening to this, we always we always love a good spooky story. Definitely. Yeah. And after you do that, please do us a favor. And I'll do it in the voice of the British seal. Okay. Stay sexy. And don't get murdered. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. That wasn't British. That didn't sound British. Elvis, do you want a cookie? This has been an Exactly Right production. Our senior producer is Hannah Kyle Crichton. Our producer is Alejandro Keck. This episode was engineered and mixed by Stephen Ray Morris. Our researchers are Marin McClashen and Gemma Harris. Email your hometowns and fucking hoorays to myfavoritemurder at gmail.com. Follow the show on Instagram and Facebook at myfavoritemurder and Twitter at myfavemurder. Goodbye. Follow My Favorite Murder on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen so you don't miss an episode. If you like what you hear, rate and review the show. Visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase My Favorite Murder merch.